Every day you pick up the paper, there's a new slave cemetery, an enslaved cemetery, where slaves were just thrown with no headstones. And when some African-American families go looking for their past, this is what they find. They may not see anything but a rock. They may not see nothing but a tree. They might, see, we have to deal with generality. You know, you're not going to be able to go say, oh, that's my grandfather, great, 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 great slave. Hi, I'm Pat Duggins. Welcome to part two of Alabama Public Radio's podcast, No Stone Unturned. Before the Civil War, the state of Alabama was home to an estimated 33,000 slaveholders. Local historians say one of them was John Welch Pruitt. He set aside two acres that became known as the Old Pruitt Slave Cemetery. This site may hold up to 200 unmarked graves. APR News has spent the past nine months investigating efforts to find and preserve slave cemeteries like Old Pruitt. In part two of our podcast, John Welch Pruitt's story is still making the rounds, and we found out how one man heard about it. It's on a crest of a hill. Typically, that's where the burials begin, and then they evolve away from that. A gentle rain was falling at the old Pruitt Slave Cemetery in Northport, Alabama, when we met Len Strozier. He runs Omega Mapping Services in the town of Fortson, Georgia. But yeah, there's a lot of them out here I can see. We'll walk around over here where the burials are, where we know the, the markings are, and go from there. APR News invited Strozier to survey old Pruitt with ground-penetrating radar. It didn't take long for him to discover unmarked graves. In less than 30 minutes, 40 just walking around. I've seen 40 burials out of here. The only sound during our visit was the rain, the beep from Strozier's radar gear, and the occasional slap when the morning mosquitoes came calling. Where's Deontay? We're waiting. <laughs> Things were a bit more raucous 13 miles to the south. Part of it is the story's not finished, and so we're going to make that kind of the theme. The parking lot at the Tuscaloosa Tourism and Sports Commission is especially busy today. Onlookers form a ring around a life-size bronze statue still covered with a black tarp. The chatter seems divided between the artwork and the man who posed for it. I give you the heavyweight champion of the world from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. And guess what? He's from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, baby. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Former world heavyweight boxing champion Deontay Wilder is from Tuscaloosa. He still lives here. Wilder made the rounds in the VIP room just before the statue in his honor was to be unveiled. Some fans talked about his five years as champ, Others focused on his 93% knockout rate. APR News was there for something else. To go down, and it was, you can like feel the energy and the power of it. During a quiet moment, Wilder talked about visiting the old Pruitt Slave Cemetery. It wasn't a long trip. Wilder lives almost next door to the burial site. He says he didn't know about it when he moved into his new home in Northport, but he soon did. You know how uh, when you move into an area and the neighbors come and meet you, greet you with pies and cakes. Instead of dessert, Wilder's neighbors brought something else. I got greeted with, uh, with uh, important information. I got, I got greeted with uh, historic 
information. This was Wilder's first ever broadcast interview about his connection to Old Pruitt. He recalled the stories he heard about the slave cemetery set up in Northport in the 1820s by plantation owner John Welch Pruitt. It's amazing to know that I have an 1800 graveyard like literally behind, like on the side of me. It doesn't spook me out or nothing like that. Um, I don't know that a whole lot else stands out about him as a, as a slaveholder and a plantation owner. That view of John Welch Pruitt is from Dr. Joshua Rothman. Other than that, he's a very wealthy man in kind of the late antebellum period. Rothman is head of the history department at the University of Alabama. His area of expertise is slavery. And he's heard his share of stories about Pruitt, including the Whoppers. So the, the two that I've heard the most are that he enslaved a thousand people and was the biggest slaveholder in Tuscaloosa County. And there's another story about there being like bars of gold buried on his property. Rothman says he's not sure one way or the other about the gold, but the slave count was more like 150, not 1,000. What's weird is that it's a story people told and they like, but you can look at the census and you can see it's not true. And if that's not enough. There is also a tale of a ghost walking on the site of the former home of Mr. and Mrs. John W. Pruitt. This story comes from the Alabama State Archives. It's from a folder marked Negro Folklore. Mrs. Pruitt, affectionately called Miss Betsy by the Negroes, would visit the cabins with simple remedies when any of the slaves were ailing. It is claimed that Miss Betsy still walks on rainy nights, basket on arm, the story being shared by many of the better educated white farmers. If you tell yourself that story and you genuinely believe it, then what is there to feel guilty about? Joshua Rothman. It's not a secret, for example, that there are a lot of stories that are have been told by white Southerners over the course of many generations um, trying to make slavery seem far less bad than it was. Um, and that's a very different kind of story than people who are descendants of enslaved people are likely to tell. And telling that story can be difficult. That's because whites also kept the records. For the families and volunteers trying to preserve slave cemeteries or find the graves of lost relatives, that's often where the trail goes cold. When I saw it, I was kissing it, I was feeling it. See, this is really me. See, this is really me. And I feel everything. Back at the Tuscaloosa Tourism and Sports Commission, everyone crowds around for the unveiling of Deontay Wilder's statue. So on the count of three, everyone, I'm going to reveal. One, two, three. It was a treat. That's a treat. Wilder wasn't referring to letting the crowd see his statue, but rather the powerful experience of visiting the old Pruitt Slave Cemetery. To understand and know where you are and where, where you set your feet on and what occurred in certain times of the years that you don't know nothing about. Wilder says he's also ready to help out when it comes to preserving old Pruitt. Not everyone can call on a celebrity to do that. Most of the work to rescue slave burial sites is done by African-American families or volunteers. And their effort apparently faces obstacles not shared by their white neighbors. That's in part three. I gotta change the hair, my hairstyle different now, but uh, you know what I'm Hi, I'm Pat Duggins. Thanks for tuning in for part two of Alabama Public Radio's podcast, No Stone Unturned.
As I mentioned earlier, APR mentors student journalists from the University of Alabama, so everything we do in the newsroom we try to turn into a learning moment. Making events from 200 years ago relevant to modern listeners is tricky. That's why we sought out the first ever broadcast interview with former heavyweight boxing champion Deontay Wilder on the subject of the old Pruitt Slave Cemetery. Wilder is an international celebrity and a favorite son of Tuscaloosa, so his views carry weight. That was the case when he won the bronze medal for boxing in the Beijing Olympics and when he took the WBC title in 2015. Here's how we covered it at APR News. Well-wishers line Greensboro Avenue as Wilder drove past in a red open convertible. From there, hundreds packed the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater. I give you the heavyweight champion of the world from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. And guess what? He's from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, baby. It's been just one week since Wilder defeated Bermain Stavern for the title. His hand is still wrapped after breaking a finger during the fight. Pat Duggins, APR News, in Tuscaloosa. So, now, let's get back to the dedication of a statue in Tuscaloosa. That's where we caught up with Wilder to talk about old Pruitt. One aspect that day that we didn't have time for was our chat with Caleb O'Connor. He was the sculptor who worked with Wilder to design the statue. Now, you might think working with a boxer with the highest knockout rate in the history of the sport might be intimidating, but O'Connor said no. The only thing he wanted was when he changed his hair and he grew a beard. And I thought, I think it's appropriate because that's how he looks. But that was it. That was the only thing. He went on to make a comparison between Wilder's statue in Tuscaloosa and a famous one in Florence, Italy. There's a, a boar in Tuscany, in Florence, Italy, Firenze, and it's got a snout that's just been rubbed through time, rubbed through time. People come by, they, they rub it, they polish it, and that's what I think his right fist is going to be. And so I think the significance is through time people touch that fist, they'll polish it, and they'll all become part of their art in that sense. Just countless people coming and paying reverence to or appreciating something or touching the hand of the champion. And, and you have already can see a little bit of the bronzing on the knuckles as the patina is removed. And I, I think that's going to happen more and more and more. In part three of No Stone Unturned, we're going to zero in on the difficulty some African-American families say they have in finding the burial sites of their enslaved ancestors and the challenges of preserving those sites once they do. We had production assistance from WRSU-FM at Rutgers University and WBUA23-TV in Tuscaloosa. Special thanks to APR's Joe Moody and Nala Pena. Our podcast producer is Caroline Vincent. I'm Pat Duggins. See you for part three of No Stone Unturned.